What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. I was going to do something. I don't know if I'm going to do it, actually. Okay. The prep was there. I was going to say, I, I know. Because I was committed to it for a split second. <laughs> I was going to be like, and I'm Willie. And then I just, was, <laughs> I, I didn't think it was going to work. It was a bit that I wasn't quite sure it was gonna work that's all good we'll get them in the next one it would have been better if i had pre-planned it with you uh, it was a fly decision because if i pre-planned it with you you probably could have gotten closer to the voice <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> than i ever in my lifetime or in my lifetimes to be you can ever get um that would have been more compelling but whatever it's okay. yes uh <laughs> so all right we're starting off Starting off strong, but uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us today as we dive into another spooky movie. And this time, Roshane picked picked a treat, uh, a treat for us that actually makes perfect sense with a movie that we are both very interested in coming, that is coming up soon-ish. Ish. Release date, August? <laughs> we're talking about the five nights of freddy's movie we we just watched the trailer for it on monday on stream and yeah. one thing that i did not get was the release date it might have just said coming soon to be fair i lied it comes out in october <laughs> um so going off of that and mm -hmm. the hype that i think both of us have about that movie we decided to throw it back to another movie that was a little bit of an unexpected cult hit i would say that almost capitalized on the genre at a time that more people were expecting a five nights at freddy's movie but instead we got willie's wonderland yes so once again stream has influenced the movie of the week which again shameless plug you want to decide what movie we cover, maybe you should stop by our stream on Mondays on Twitch. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, we were watching the Five Nights at Freddy's trailer, which dropped recently, the official trailer. Um, and yes, based off of that hype, it it brought up naturally Willy's Wonderland, which yeah. is a film that I remember watching during that time period and being like, this is surprisingly good. And like from the trailer alone, it was like, okay, we got killer animatronics, very Five Nights at Freddy-esque, mm -hmm. um, but not the exact same story. So it was like kind of hard to know what to expect with this one. But I remember watching it back in 2021 and thinking this movie was actually really good. And like I had a good time with it. Mm -hmm. um, so imagine my surprise when we officially got the news that the real Five Nights at Freddy's movie was coming out. Um because I was under the impression that Willy's Wonderland was that movie. I felt like that, that was our attempt right. at Five Nights at Freddy's. Even with all of that, I do think that this particular movie stands on its own. It's the same realm, same idea. I'm sure when the Five Nights at Freddy's movie actually comes out, we're going to be treading a lot of the same waters here. But I do think this movie does some things that are very unique 
And also it's got Nicolas Cage in it. So like mm. it's there's stuff to talk about with that alone. Always a treat. And, you know, I don't think that you're alone in your in that feeling of saying, oh, OK, we've gotten in a way we've gotten a Five Nights at Freddy's film because, yeah, yeah I do think that Willy's Wonderland in a lot of ways is what I I was kind of expecting that same movie to, to sort of do, to tread that same territory. And it goes down similar ground. But I will say, I, I did find an interview um, with the creators of Willy's Wonderland that they did with Entertainment Weekly. Okay. And... I think that a lot of people did assume, like I said, just because of the nature of this film, that this was, yeah, this was them doing a Five Nights at Freddy's film without calling it that and just kind of taking that same idea and putting it in a different vessel. But apparently that's not the case. Uh, they said that this is not, was not meant to be a Five Nights at Freddy's film and that that was not the inspiration behind it at all. And that actually the idea for it, the screenwriter said, because originally this was obvious, this is a low budget film. This is an indie horror film by most means. Mm -hmm. It does not have the same budget. And I think that it is a little bit, ha does have a little bit of a kind of push forward because of Nicholas's cage, like his name being attached to it and being not mm -hmm. only that, but the star of the film kind of gives it a little bit of a boost that not all indie films do get. But other than that, this is by all regards, an indie horror, lower budget, quick shooting schedule, um, was supposed to be theatrically released, but didn't obviously because of the pandemic. But the main reasoning behind the premise, I guess, is because the the writer of this originally thought that he was also going to be the main character because he didn't know what kind of actors they were going to be able to get. So mm. he actually wrote a character that had no lines because he didn't want to talk. And then also decided that it needed to be in one location because it's cheaper than trying to film in multiple locations. And then from there came up with the idea of these killer animatronics um, because mm -hmm. that's also an easy costume to get. Because at the end of the day, it's like a, basically a mascot costume. Right. Or puppeteering, if, if that's what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. So... In regards to styling your villains, if you want to have multiple ones, it's not a bad route to go down to to make them animatronic. And then I think that from there, it just had multi like similarities to Five Nights at Freddy's. But I think that's just because, like, you're gonna tread that same ground. They're animatronics. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and I think that that is fair to say too, because. When you think of Five Nights at Freddy's, it's just what, for a lot of people, popularized the idea of horror animatronics. Yeah. Like, that's what, when people think of that subgenre, if you want to call it that, I think immediately that's the first name that pops into your mm -hmm. head, right? Um, but the fact of the matter is, is like, if moving forward, this becomes a subgenre, you're going to end up getting a lot of movies with the same premise of killer right. animatronics 
in some childhood place. And then I think what's going to moving forward differentiate these films is what's the unique thing that we do with that premise, right? Right. And so that's one that when we get into the full conversation about the movie, I will call a pro for Willy's Wonderland is I do think that they have a unique premise here, mm -hmm. despite having so many similarities with what a lot of people will call the the blueprint for this, right? Yeah, no, I, I think that there is just a quality to this sort of an idea where, yeah, you're just going to have similarities across the board. But I think that that's because when you're dealing with a story like this, or even I think when you take anything that is based on childlike or child entertainment toys things that as children we view we might have viewed as scary but then at the same time was kind of widely accepted for children and then you take that and turn it on its head later on i just think that you're gonna run this it's gonna there's only so many stories you can tell when it comes to things like that it's gonna be kind of a similar idea because I, at the end of the day if you're basing something off of a Chuck E. cheese-esque place um where the animatronics come to life how many, if you've got five screenwriters in there who are all not connected to each other, I would bet that at least three out of that five are going to write a very similar premise because right. you're trapped in a place with animatronics. Okay, what are you going to do with that? Because we even see that with, these aren't the only two um, mediums to do that story. We also had like the Banana Splits, that short film. The mm -hmm. Hug is another one that's very similar. And I would I would even throw in there like the the Puka movies from Into True. the Dark. It's not the same, but in a similar vein. Because mm -hmm. like I said, when you get this idea that is based off of what made you scared of a of as a child, most children are scared of the same type of thing. And they're scared of it for the same type of reason. So yeah. for most kids who are scared of animatronics, it's because there was always this feeling that they were they were big and scary and could kind of do these human-like things without being human, and they could easily overpower a child. I think mm -hmm. that that was mainly the fear that, that a lot of enough. kids have. I think that's enough. And so, yeah, you just kind of embellish that as much as you can. And... You, most people, I guess, get this idea of those animatronics having a the soul of a killer inside them. I don't mm -hmm. think that that's wild to think that multiple people could could come up with that story. Now, of course, Five Nights at Freddy's did it first and has kind of gone through with that lore and is probably the biggest example of that, has the most widely popularized version of that. But they also didn't just come up with that idea out of thin air, like people have been scared of animatronics before Five Nights at Freddy's even did it. <laughs> right, exactly. So, I mean, all that to be said is like, yes, the comparisons are there. We understand that they're there, mm -hmm. but this movie's its own thing. So we're gonna try and treat it as such while we're while we're uh, talking about it. Um, but one last thing I want to ask you about before we go into the film is. How do you feel about Nicolas Cage? What's your vibes on him? Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm down to clown with Nicolas Cage. I think it's so funny when you get these actors like Nicolas Cage who 
almost as a persona become bigger than the character because mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage is that actor where you hire him to be Nicolas Cage at this point. Nobody is hiring him to play a character. It feels like to me, <laughs> most people are hiring <laughs> him because he brings a certain je ne sais quoi to these roles. And I think over time he has really leaned into that, which I love. I appreciate that he has kind of stepped into that. That's not to say that he can't play a specific type of person. I do think that he's had some roles within the last few years that have been really, really awesome and actually like very, very fun and well done. Um, but I think a lot of people clown on Nicolas Cage, but at the same time, because he takes, he has become one of those people who just kind of like takes on roles no mm-hmm. matter what quality they are. And yeah, I'm sure that there is an element of that that is about the money. But then at the same time, as an actor, I can't ever fault actors for just wanting to star in whatever comes their way because it's like, if that's what you love, like it's like you wouldn't fault a baker for taking on making any kind of cake just because like, you know, whether it's bad or good because they're a baker, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And so like as an actor, I can't fault him for doing sh- like bad roles or bad movies. Cause it's like, if I had the opportunity, if I loved it, yeah. I'd probably do, I'd probably want to do it all the time just cause it's fun. Yeah. I agree with you. Absolutely. And I'm also of the camp of people that, enjoy Nicolas Cage. He's one of those actors that I there's nothing there have been movies that I've disliked that he's been in, but I yeah. haven't really disliked him in anything. Like I do feel like whatever he's he's in, he commits to it and mm-hmm. because of that is typically entertaining to watch or is just at least captivating on the screen. Um right. but yeah, I also have a little bit of admiration because he does like you said pick some of the roles that maybe some actors are too afraid to pick because it's outside of their wheelhouse or the script is too out there or strange. Like I feel like Nicolas Cage, like Daniel Radcliffe, Elijah Wood, like people like that are just very down to, as long as it's a fun script that I, as an actor can enjoy doing, I'll do it. Sure. Why not? Um, And so like, I feel like when it comes to Nicolas Cage, most of his films, I just enjoy watching him on the screen. I never know what he's going to do next. I feel like he's very unpredictable. And I think that's the kind of energy that can really um, energize a script. And mm-hmm. like, it's definitely a useful persona to have. And I think for this film in particular, it really knocks it out of the park because it just kind of leans into a lot of his strengths. Yeah. Um and so we'll we'll talk about it a little bit when we get into the full film. But I was just kind of curious whether or not yeah, you were a cage stand or not. My feelings, and I'm not even I'm not going to sit here and say that Nicholas, not the bees cage, is always my cup of tea because there are times where he is a bit much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, yeah, I enjoy him. I I do have to give the man kudos for committing and being brave and just kind of doing things to try them. Because there are a lot of people I think that would not be willing to do and make the choices that he makes and mm-hmm. commits to. I gotta give that to him. The man commits. If nothing he else, he, he commits. He commits. And you know what? I don't want to live in the world where we have performers, actors, entertainers that don't have the level of commitment that he does. Yeah. Because like you need those people to trailblaze 
the thoughts and ideas and the actions that most people won't do so that mm. people can even conceptualize that of like, oh, that's a choice I can make there or that's a thing I could do. Um, I just feel like these people play an important part. So um, it's exciting to see him in this role. I'm excited to talk about this film to find out how you felt about it, Erica. Mm -hmm. But I think before we do that, we got to figure out how scary exactly <laughs> Willy's Wonderland is. Yeah. So on a scale of one to five, five being super scary and one being super silly. Mm -hmm. Willy's Wonderland is a one. <laughs> it's a one. It is. It's a it's a one that for like two or three scenes will skate into a one and a half. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I agree with that. <laughs> right. Like during some of the deaths and some of the kills, it's like, OK, we're getting a little spooky. But outside of that, it's it's more of just a wild ride of a movie. Mm hmm. And I will say, yeah, I think the only way that this could maybe skate up higher for you is if you have a fear of mascots, animatronics, or puppets. If those mm -hmm. kinds of things make you make your skin crawl, then this would be a hard film to get through because it's a lot of that. So yeah. if that irks you, then this movie might bump up a bit, but that's the only way. <laughs> agreed, agreed. And with that said, homies, we are entering into spoiler territory, so you have been warned. But today, we are talking about Willy's Wonderland from 2021. This film was directed by Kevin Lewis with a story by G.O. Parsons, starring Emily Tosta as Liv, Beth Grant as Sheriff Lund, and Nicolas Cage as the janitor. Welcome to Hayesville, home of Willie's Wonderland. What was once the town's heart of happiness is now a graveyard after several mysterious fatalities forced the place to close. And since the town refuses to tear down the building, Liv and her group of friends take things into their own hands. But when a silent stranger is sent to Willie's to die, it's up to Liv and her friends to get him out alive. Insert angry animatronics. Super fun sexy time. And a whole lot of punch here. Our film concludes with Liv and company breaking into the building to save the new janitor. But who are the ones who are really trapped in Willy's Wonderland? Also, it's your birthday, so let's party, everyone. Roll credits. That whole oh, who was the who are the ones that are really trapped in Willy's Wonderland gives me the same energy as when people say, "I I saved this dog from the pound, but really he saved me." I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's or, fair. or have you seen those ones where it's like, I wasn't the, I'm not the stepfather. I'm the father that stepped up. Like, I don't know. No, like, how you have seen that. those? <laughs> uh, it gives me that same kind of energy. You know what pops into my head is the one little snippet that is, oh, how's it go? Oh, he's like, oh, oh, is the guy getting attacked? Oh, call an ambulance. Oh, yeah. But not yeah. for me. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Call an ambulance. But not for me. Not for me. <laughs> that's the energy uh, I get yeah. from it. <laughs> yeah, that's so, that's 
so true. Oh my gosh, that is exactly what the janitor is. Just consistently call an ambulance, like, <laughs> but not for me as he twists someone's head off. <laughs> mm -hmm. God, I I love that character but all right let's <laughs> let, let's hop right into this because i'm painfully curious erica okay. what's in your notebook okay i would like to preface this by saying when i made this note obviously it was the very beginning of the movie i did not know the relationship between these two characters otherwise i would have given a little bit more care to, and understanding to the woman but my first note is, girl, give up on Carl. He's a goner. Because <laughs> <laughs> you see these two, you see these two, what we think are employees running, running through Willy's Wonderland. And the guy gets dragged. He falls and then he gets dragged off. And the mm -hmm. woman does that thing where she turns around and screams after him Carl. instead of instead <laughs> of continuing to run. And in my head, when I thought that they were just co-workers, I thought... Just you know, let him go. <laughs> that's a work best friend, girl. That's not. <laughs> that's not. That's not an outside best friend. We got to keep moving. We got to move on. Priorities. Um, of course. Later on, we do discover that they are a married couple, which so it makes a lot more sense on why she was so distraught mm -hmm. about Carl being taken away. But at the time, I did think, no, keep running. What are you doing? Why are you stopping? That's <laughs> um, so true. And so, for the record, this was your first watch, right? Yes, yes. This was yes, this was my first watch. I had seen scenes from it before, mm -hmm. but this is my first time watching it like all the way through. Okay, cool. Cuz I do think that that is a different experience than what like doing a rewatch of it cuz like yeah. once you get the shtick and you understand what's going to happen, the movie I do think plays out a little bit differently than right. that first time when you're trying to piece all of the things together. Yeah. Um because I I Correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like they hide the, uh, what am I going for here? They hide the scheme pretty well until they do the grand reveal of it about like halfway through of like what's actually happening here. Yeah. Um, despite the fact that the trailer for this film does give you all of the elements of like what is going to occur. Because uh, like in the trailer, you see Nicolas Cage, he's already beaten up animatronics, like you already got this energy of like, who is this guy? It's kind of like everything that's happening around him that you're curious about. Mm -hmm. um, and I feel like that is a lot of discovery on that first watch. Yeah, I, I, I do think that there is actually a really fun quality of discovery in this film, which is honestly kind of surprising. It doesn't strike me as a type of movie that would unravel a mystery as it goes along and retroactively change the way that you see things. But mm -hmm. it, it it does. There there are a couple things that we see in this film that get changed as you learn more about the story. I think this opening sequence is one of them. I think another one of them is the whole reason that there's no that this guy only accepts accepts cash to fix the cars and says, oh, yeah. well, you can work it off. Because that whole thing, I was like close to 20. To, you want him to be carrying close to $2,000 in cash. But obviously, that's all part of the con. And mm -hmm. even the element of Liv and Sheriff Lund's relationship, there's a lot of stuff that kind of comes back around in a way, which right. was actually really fun. And I think you're right, makes it a little bit of a different watch first time versus third, fourth, fifth time. 
So yeah, I actually really, really in, enjoyed that aspect of it, of kind of figuring out the story along with some of the characters, along with the janitor, um, mm-hmm. because it does feel like at times we're, we're learning things at the same time that he learns them. And it just kind of makes things make more sense contextually because at the time, I'm not going to lie, I was side-eyeing the whole, oh, yeah, we don't have an ATM, we don't have internet, but do, I hope you carry this much cash to <laughs> to fix yeah. your to fix your tires. But like I said, that is just all part of the ruse. And mm-hmm. also, too, I'm glad because there's at one point where they're driving by and live and the janitor lock eyes. And one of my notes was she is looking at him with crazy in her eyes. She <laughs> was looking crazy. <laughs> crazy with a capital c i thought live uh, girl what is up with you that are giving look? up serial killer vibes but you find out later it's because she knows What's what they're going gonna do to there? him and so yeah. she's kind of internally freaking out about that because now they've waited too long and he's already gonna be inside when they try and execute this plan so it made me it made me feel better about Liv after I discovered <laughs> that because I was worried. I was worried at first that she was having no. a psychotic break <laughs> by looking but, at Nicolas Cage. He had absolutely destroyed her psyche. <laughs> and look, if Nicolas Cage is holding that specific look that he held during that shot at you, I'd right. probably have a similar reaction. <laughs> I might. I might. Yeah, that might honestly <laughs> that might honestly change my whole viewpoint of the world and of life i i imagine i don't i've never done acid but <laughs> you just assume you see that image of nicholas cage one of the things that i would i would trip would be nicholas cage looking at me like that <laughs> and probably there's a moan that he does later i'd probably hear that at the same time <laughs> i will insert the moan here there you go <laughs> Oh my god. But I mean, speaking of these two characters, so basically our two main characters here, Liv mm-hmm. and the janitor, aka Nicolas Cage. Um, I want to know how you feel about both of these characters, but I want to throw in there that I do think this movie does a great job at introductions. Because like, we jump into both of these characters mid whatever it is that they are doing. Um, whether it's Liv attempting to burn down Willy's Wonderland, mm-hmm. or it's the janitor recklessly driving down the highway, only drinking energy drinks, and barely escaping death while not being phased at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but how do you feel about the introduction of both these characters? So, yeah, I I like the introduction to, like you said, yeah, all of these characters. I think the one for the janitor is is really fun. It's very chaotic. Everything mm-hmm. happens very quickly, which honestly is a bit of a theme for this film. There is a lot of stuff that happens really quickly to varying degrees of success for me, but yeah. I do think that the introduction to the janitor is very fun and I like that we get this version this silent but deadly version of nick cage straight off the bat he's just very much don't start none won't be none and i like Mm -hmm. that i like that we kind of get that feel of him very very quickly Liv is a little bit more of a character that i think takes some time 
too not warm to because that's not true it's because i didn't dislike her at all or anything when we first met her mm-hmm. but i do think she in juxtaposition to the janitor who i think from straight off the bat you can kind of just get you get it you're with it you understand it you're like i get the i get you got everything you need i know what this guy is i know what this is gonna be and i'm down with it i think whereas with Liv, because she is the type of character that does have a lot of backstory that we do have to learn about throughout that she's just more of a slow burn for Mm -hmm. me than the janitor is because i'm completely on board with him like as soon as you meet him Oh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think they, they are definitely opposites in that way, where the more time you spend with Liv and the more of her story you get, I think mm-hmm. it's easier to attack or to latch onto her as a character. Yeah. Whereas, like you said, the janitor is very upfront about who he is. Um, honestly, something I didn't catch the first time I saw this movie, but I caught this time through that I love is the implication that the janitor, after his car breaks down, stands in the exact same spot until the tow truck gets there because there is a shot of the shadows on his feet like sweeping to the side implying Mm -hmm. that this man has not moved at all (laughs) a random little shot that i didn't see before that i freaking love that opening sequence we just get everything that we need to know about him and then live on the on the flip side we know that she's doing something and she's in the middle of something and we have this sheriff um, who we find out later on is kind of, is kind of sort of her adopted caretaker. Right. I don't really want to say like mom because like they do not have that family energy. It's more just no. like she's taking care of her. Um, yeah. But we know that like she's got something against Willie's that the sheriff um, seemingly at first seems to be just stopping because it's arson. You know what I mean? Not that it's like <laughs> right. a bigger nefarious thing. Um, but I did enjoy the town's involvement in all of these shenanigans as well. With the amount of cast that we have, I do think it's important for everybody to play a role in things. Mm-hmm. And I think for the most part, everyone does. Like even the auxiliary characters add something else to this um, situation that I think is kind of valuable. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Pro tip, don't commit arson at the, in broad daylight. just a thought just a little 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 crime tip for you but Mm -hmm. yeah well and also too this is a very this is like the house of wax town there's a exactly 10 people that live in this town (laughs) and therefore by the end of it the entire population seemingly is wiped out um if Mm. there are more people i do have to imagine that there are more people because i do imagine that each of our teenagers has Parents, parents that are also members of this town so there is seemingly more but it is heavily implied that this is a crazy small town in part to what has happened in the past um but also in parts of the fact that it's just seems like it's not a town that they keep up with that it seems like a lot of it is kind of in disrepair it does not seem like they do a lot with the town because it does strike me as a type of town where it's like okay we who else, whoever lives here, like that's who lives here. That's important. Right. And we don't need any newcomers. We don't need any new people coming in. We don't, we're not trying to attract a lot of attention. It, it seems like that sort of a town. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with you there. And so because of that, we do have a, a bit of a smaller cast. Um, 
it's weird because at one point in the film, it feels like there's a lot of people mm-hmm. like in Willie's until you find out that Liv's entire friend group spoiler is body count, um, which I like because I do think by the na- from the nature of this movie, we do need to figure out a way to get more kills out of it other than Nicolas Cage just wrecking robots. Like somehow mm-hmm. we have to get more bodies in this kind of sort of horror movie. Right. Um, and so Liv's friend group does a good job of serving that purpose. I think the downside to that, unfortunately, is it makes characters that I think would otherwise be good kind of forgettable. Like or within her friend group? Within her friend group, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because like, not, I, I've seen, I've seen like people having like, so, some people having issues with the friend group and just like, their acting or whatnot which didn't actually bug me at all i just felt like there were a couple of them that had certain things to do and then the rest of them were really just filler yeah and so it just felt like they weren't doing much mostly because they weren't like they were given a lot Mm -hmm. to do yeah their body count characters for sure i mean half of the friend group is body count the other half is important ish to the story as far as pushing it along, I didn't have a problem necessarily with the friend group. I want to preface this by saying I think this is a very, very fun movie. I had a good time with it. I was very entertained. I thought it was funny. I liked so much of it. However, I will say this movie to me does have some plot and pacing issues okay. to me. Um, okay. And I think that the friend group storyline plays into that um, for me because I will say I was really excited for the friend group to finally bust onto the scene because Mm -hmm. for the first part of the movie we get a lot of fun with Nicolas Cage which I really enjoy I love all of that where it's just him trying to do his job and then these things keep happening but he says Damn it, I'm going to do what I was hired to do. I love all of that stuff. But mm-hmm. I was excited for the friend group to come on the scene because obviously, because of the type of character that Nicolas Cage is, he is kind of unstoppable. So our body count has to come from these other characters. And I was excited for that. I was excited to start to see the animatronics kill people. And then they get there and it was just a little bit off to me the sequence of events once they get there felt Mm -hmm. kind of didn't didn't do for me what i was wanting it to do because Liv gets there and last we see of Liv, she's getting taken by siren sarah and then the next thing we see she's fine she's just falling Mm -hmm. from the ceiling and she's fine and that was strange to me because i was like what were you doing up there? (laughs) What happened? Did she just leave you hanging from a vine on the ceiling and you just fell into Nicolas Cage's lap? Right, like what was the aftermath of that? (laughs) So that was a little bit weird. But then, so her friends have this whole fight about going in and saving her, which I like. I do think that, I I do think that that's a good enough reason for the rest of everyone to get roped into it because they have this dilemma about do we save our friend or do we not? And they're half and half. Like half of them want to save her, half of them don't. And then through forces they can't control, they all end up inside. Mm-hmm. But then once they're inside, 
Bobby and Kathy, despite Bobby specifically being the character that was like, fuck live, dude, I'm not going in there. All of that immediately falls to the wayside. They go to have sex in mm-hmm. the animatronic dungeon where multiple people have been murdered. They go to have yep. sex there. The rest of our characters stick together to tell the janitor kind of the situation about what's happening. But then their reasoning for all having to split up did not make I didn't think they really needed to split up. They very easily all could have stayed together once things started popping off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, and then pretty quickly they get killed off in quick succession. And so it just wasn't as I just felt like all of that could have been drawn out more and like we could have had more time to really play with these characters, because like I said, these are the only characters that we have that are the helpless victims. And Mm -hmm. it feels like back to back to back, we kind of knock them out. And then we're back with Nicolas Cage, who is on stop will take everybody out now i do like what they do with Liv. i like who how she is able to kind of fight back and and you know and and kind of stands up for herself and and does the best in the situation that she can i enjoy what they do with Liv. Mm-hmm. but yeah i don't know i was just a little bit bummed by how quickly everything happened when we finally got inside with our teenagers I get that. Um, It's pretty obvious already that I like this movie, but I still agree with you that the pacing of the friend group once we're inside, it does get kind of strange because I feel like the characters are pretty fleshed out outside of, I'm sorry, Dan, they just really didn't give you much to work with. Who was Um, Dan? Dan was the one that got eaten in the ball pit, I believe. That was Dan. Oh, glasses? Yeah, Mr. Nerdy. Like, he he got a persona... And that's all he really had to work with, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, But I still feel like the characters, like, I like their dynamic with each other. I like that everyone had their little quirk, a la most, you know, teen horror uh, group situations. But it felt, and, and sorry, I also enjoy the fact that everyone in the group was knowledgeable about Willie's. Mm -hmm. All of them knew what was going on in there. So that we wouldn't have to waste time like revealing to multiple characters outside of the janitor about what's happening. The issue then plot wise comes in exactly where you say where like the group kind of splits off and does all of their own things. When these characters should know full well the danger that they are currently in like Mm -hmm. the whole reason Liv went in there is to save the janitor from these killer animatronics. Same animatronics that Kathy and and Bobby walk right up to and admire before they go <laughs> off and have their little sexy fun time. Mm-hmm. It just it doesn't track for the characters to know how devious and deadly these things are, but be so relaxed in their presence. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like everyone should be freaking out to be even in the same room as these things. But they don't seem to care that much once they're all together in there, which is strange. It's just very strange for these characters to act like that. Right. And then it is doubly strange, uh, specifically for for homeboy Bobby, to go along with everything. Granted, I think I just felt that way because he was, you know, he was really spitting while they were out there about some of the facts about what they're currently doing but then proceeds to do everything that he's shitting on Chris about 
because Chris is kind of there because he clearly has feelings for Liv, mm -hmm. is trying to impress her. It's just kind of like the ride or die doing whatever she needs to get done. And Bobby calls him out on that, being like, hey, dude, you are risking all of our lives because you are into this girl. That's kind of messed up. Yeah. But then proceeds to put himself in perilous danger because his girl gets a little bit horny in the murderous yeah. uh, fun time room. So I'm like, the characters, I think, start off strong enough for me. But then once it gets time for them to die... I feel like they did unravel a bit. Yeah. So it just made the sequencing of all of their deaths not really hit. Yeah. Because it was just like people were dying, but I, I wasn't really feeling anything because. Yeah. And I want to make it clear that I'm not even, this isn't a, a case of, oh, it's not realistic or, oh, it doesn't make sense. Because I don't think that this, obviously, it's not the type of movie for that. I don't even right. care. I don't even care about how they act, how they get, you know, how they, how they react to them and all of these things and them being killed easy. Cause even like the whole Chris and the um, chameleon thing, I, I thought that that was fine. That was, I, that all was that fun. shit was funny to me, but that's the thing is it's just, it's not even, it's not an issue with the characters. I think it's just an issue with the pacing of it all because everything has to happen right away because we have to separate our group right away and find some reason to do that. It feels like it just, it's not as fun as I was anticipating it to be once they got in there, especially because it starts off really great. Cause first of all, that six little chickens certified club hit that mm -hmm. weasel <laughs> was kind of giving. I like that six little chicken song. says it's dinner time six little chickens are be just fine six little chickens in the weasel's den four little roosters and a couple of hens nowhere to run nowhere to hide six little chickens at the end of the line six little chickens watch out now six little chickens here comes the weasel six little chickens running out of time whoops And I yeah. thought, okay, I like this. I liked that whole setup. And at first, I thought, oh, shit, they're all going to get separate. I thought it was going to be like each person was almost going to have an animatronic that the was animatronic, following them. Yeah. And it would be these really specific chases and hiding yeah. and things like that. Which we got a little bit of. Which we like got they started to go of. down that route. We got a taste of. But we didn't get enough, I think, to satiate what i wanted <laughs> what i wanted it to be because yeah i just wanted to really have fun with the animatronics and like i said especially because so much of it is watching nicholas cage get the upper hand on them and watching him kill the animatronics which is very fun but i was really excited to see the animatronics in turn kind of terrorize these people so that we could really get a taste of what it would have been like if nicholas if the janitor wasn't so skilled and mm -hmm. we do get that to a degree because, like I said, the chameleon uh, killing Chris is a really cool death. And then... Yeah. Um, even and also very in character, too. <laughs> like, Chris, you're gullible ass, Yeah, bro. dude, you're <laughs> so corny. I was like, Chris, oh my gosh, the embarrassment How you fall of for that? All. For real, dude. The embarrassment Your last of moments it on this all. earth. You had me not but 10 minutes ago 
I was ready to fight Bobby for you. I was like, why are you, why are you all my man Chris like this? Because he wants to be loyal and he wants to do all and he wants to save the girl that he likes. I was about to scrap for you. And then you would <laughs> fucking embarrass me for Camille, dude. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe that. I was like, Chris. Goodbye. <laughs> I Oh, my God. You got to You have to go. And you know what was very embarrassing about it all? And it didn't even I I. I feel for him that this was his his death view. Mm. Liv didn't really seem that seem that torn up. True. She did not seem. True. But honestly, though, if I were Liv, I would have been pretty. I would have been pissed. Because <laughs> like he's how, like, how he's like, oh, it's fine. She's different. She's different from the other girls. I was like, Chris, <laughs> <laughs> not bro, not you choosing this pick me animatronic over mm. over Liv. You're you stupid. <laughs> you are so stupid. Yeah, nah, Chris really did go out like a punk, unfortunately. He did. It's very but his death is cool. It's a very cool death. Um mm. that one's and then I also like Artie the alligator snacking on Bobby. I also actually uh, really yeah, like that was a good that was a good section too. That was a good one. But that was another time where it's like we see that and then when we come back, Kathy is dead already dead. dead um so those were fun those were fun i actually wasn't a huge fan of dan's sequence um just because i yeah. it was it was a lot <laughs> going on it was it was a lot for something that again kind of just felt like background where it's just like that it was so intricate just for them to throw him into a ball pit and eat him you know mm -hmm. what i mean like that we could we could have cut down his death significantly. Right. I feel like part of it was to show that Sarah the Siren loves to like play around, mm -hmm. but we have multiple sequences of that already. So I didn't think that it was necessary mm -hmm. for that character. Not, I'm not trying to sit here and be like take everything from Dan. Like don't <laughs> like don't give him anything to work with, and then also don't let him have a fun death. But it just like. That one stood out mm -hmm. because of the sequencing, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think it was only weird because there was that point where I thought he was dead, where Sarah the Siren kind of screams into his face. But then we mm -hmm. come back and he's he's still alive. He's just kind of crawling around. And I think you're right. I think it was just meant to be a, to show that she just kind of likes to have fun with people before she kills them. But it just it just threw me off a little bit. Speaking of Sarah the Siren, as much as I enjoy her as a character and kind of her mo her design to me feels out of place with all of the other animatronics in universe yes i agree with you i think just as a character i enjoy her design but i get what you're saying yeah. of the lineup she is kind of out there <laughs> Cause you got alligator yeah ostrich and then you got a siren like right it's like so what how did you stumble onto the animal kingdom? Where are you from? And then it, you know what it is? It's very much Hamburglar, Ronald McDonald, Grimace, <laughs> and then Chicky. Hey, we don't we ain't talking about Grimace right now. Grimace is on they is on they shit at the moment. Look, I fuck I fuck with Grimace. I like Grimace a lot. I actually feel <laughs> though Grim as though Grimace might have been might be my favorite. Um, if I had to pledge my loyalty to somebody mm. 
I'm part of the Grimace gang. I'll say it. Okay, okay. I'll say it. But it's the same thing where you're like, Grimace, what are you? Uh, You're a taste bud, I guess. I think that's what he's supposed to be is a taste bud. That's what somebody told me. Is that what he's actually supposed to be? I never know. (laughs) Apparently, Grimace is supposed to be a taste bud. Okay, sure thing. Like, babes. (laughs) (laughs) You couldn't have given us a milkshake. Yeah, something, something. No, we just got the milkshake. A bottle of ketchup, (laughs) a packet of salt. You said a taste bud. That's crazy. (laughs) But um, yeah, I, as a character, I agree. She is honestly, besides Willie and the build up to Willie, she is probably the most we get of one of the animatronics. She's kind of like the second the partner in crime, the second fiddle, she gets to do a lot, which is practicality wise makes a lot of sense because obviously this is a character design where really the only thing that she would have had to wear was something on her head. And then the Mm -hmm. rest of her is just the actress's body. And so I'm sure it was much easier to use her to be able to do a lot of things because she's not being hindered by a giant costume. Um, So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, which just to toss in there, too, which I found very interesting is they only had one of every suit, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did have to shoot this chronologically because they had to destroy the suits as they went. But that probably l- lends into things, too, where it's just like we only got one of these. So we got to make sure that we're using them at the right, right spots, um, especially if we're going to break them later. Right. And also, apparently, the ostrich was the a puppet. That was the, was only, the only puppet, puppet. they had, mm-hmm. which also makes sense on why that character is the first to get killed, because I'm sure shooting wise, that was the hardest to shoot around because it was mm-hmm. the only one that was a puppet and had puppeteers that had to kind of control it rather than just one solid person within a suit um did you um did you have a favorite of the bunch oh yeah i mean i i kind of did i kind of did like camille like cammy the chameleon just because i thought that is you're playing some mind games which i thought was very fun Mm -hmm. i think out of everybody i i just liked the approach and i love that that tongue was okay (laughs) okay (laughs) wait a minute (laughs) hold on hold on hold on (laughs) let me me take that back what was that i love that she kills people with her tongue (laughs) okay (laughs) i love that so i think that she was probably one of my favorites. And then the other one that I really liked was Gus Gorilla. (laughs) Just because I just, I don't know. I just thought that that one was fun. And I also think that Gus Gorilla's death is one of the best. Getting curb stomped on a urinal. In a urinal? Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. What about you? Um, I kind of have to agree that between like Willie and Gus, they have the mm-hmm. best animatronic deaths. Yeah. Um, but this time through, you know who was the MVP? Motherfucking Tito the Turtle. He had me absolutely dying of laughter. <laughs> I loved him. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Tito Turtle is <laughs> something else. Tito Turtle was kind of fun because I think what's really fun about the characterization of them is because they are the souls and minds of previous serial killers inside of these animatronics i like that there is that 
realization for a lot of them that when things are going bad that they do kind of think oh shit and and have that <laughs> moment you know what i mean where they break out of that oh i'm gonna kill you character persona and they have that moment where they go oh my gosh okay this is going really bad wait yeah. stop and tito <laughs> turtle is the biggest example of that of someone who realizes they're way over their head and that things mm -hmm. are not going the way that they're gonna go <laughs> and almost is like you know what i'm a dip I, I'm it's good. fine i don't even I'm need good. to do this like i was just i was trying to fit in i was trying to make friends i'm gonna go i didn't even want to drink the punch man yeah, I, was just like, Let me go. I didn't even know i clocked in i came into work that day you know what i'm saying and like all of a sudden we're in a satanic suicide pack like that wasn't even that wasn't even my idea that's what's tito the turtle is getting mm -hmm. And then, like, him at the end just getting hit by the car. <laughs> yeah. Such a great fucking button. Yeah. But the, to be fair, though, I honestly think I had my favorites. But across the board, all the animatronics were uh, great in terms of, like, mm -hmm. their character. And I think what they got utilized for within the budget, I think mm -hmm. it was all good. Like, I, I, I dug most of it. Yeah, the animatronics to me are definitely a highlight of the film. I loved seeing all the different things they did. And I also will say set-wise, I do think that the set is fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. very, very cool. I love how colorful it is. I love how much they lean into this whole, oh, this is definitely a kid's arcade play area type of feel, which... I, I think that they successfully recreated that feeling because mm -hmm. it definitely did feel like a Chuck E. Cheese-esque place to me. Like, I was like, oh, I could have definitely imagined myself going to a place like this as a kid. And yeah, I loved that. I think it looks really great. I think that they use the space, utilize the space very well. I also, weirdly enough, loved watching Nicolas Cage clean it. There was something very satisfying. It's so satisfying, it's right? so satisfying especially the bathroom sequence Ooh. oh my god the way my ocd was just pleased through that whole sequence that was very good i liked that a lot i liked <laughs> watching him clean it was just something yeah that was very satisfying to watch also so fun to see it go from what it is in the beginning to him successfully cleaning the whole place in, in a single night <laughs> in mind a you. single night in a single night while having to fight <laughs> An animatronic every hour on the hour, he's still clean the shit out of this place. I I swear to you, now there's a lot of things up for interpretation with this film, but my interpretation of the janitor is that man symbolizes everyone with a nine to five job that just goes mm -hmm. in there and doesn't matter what happens, they see it through. And then yep. at five, they clock out and fucking go home. Because that is the janitor. <laughs> the gender came there to get a job done and by golly he is gonna get that job done <laughs> and you know what's great he's gonna do it he's not half-assing it at all he's like you guys want this place clean i'll get this place clean and i love one of the best things to me about this film are the breaks are the breaks the, are the best part what a great addition so good the fact that the janitor took to heart what Tex said about how important it is to take breaks and does it all night. This man takes a break. He also has a lovely relationship with a pinball machine. Ah, 
it's giving Titan a little bit because little the bit. way that he was touching the pinball machine very sexual. Well, very sexy. I, true, true, but you know, we had the back and forth between that and the and the happy fun time room scene. So mm-hmm. since those were happening in conject in uh conjecture with each other, mm-hmm. they naturally I think we're leaning into all right, yeah. you know, have some fun with that pinball yeah, machine. Oh, yeah. He was, <laughs> he was fingering those buttons kind of crazy. <laughs> I was taken aback. Um, would you would you believe me if I said that Nicolas Cage improvised his dance? Oh, yes. I, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no convincing needed. From the minute that my mans threw that hand up in the air, I said, there's no way anybody choreographed this. This is very much Nicolas Cage. <laughs> they yeah, probably played music and let him be free because, mm-hmm. yes, it definitely felt like a Nicolas Cage-esque dance. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good, though. I loved it. It was one of those ones where it's like, literally anyone else bro this would be so corny but because it's you i'm kind of vibing with you dog yeah. let's go ahead let's play some pinball well and i was excited because he fought he had been struggling with that pinball machine all night and he finally mm-hmm. got a good score he did i think he got the high score yeah I think he, beat it. he finally got the high score before everything you know finished up for the evening which was great mm-hmm. it's so funny because it kind of reminded me of when i was younger the orthodontist that I went to, um, mm-hmm. they had a game in the waiting room and it mm-hmm. was like, you know, a, like an old school arcade game where it mm-hmm. had like the joystick and all that. And it wasn't Galaga or Galactica, but it was similar and that it was like okay. a space game where you had to shoot at alien like ships and like space invaders. It was like space invaders, but it was okay. you know what I mean. It was like a knockoff, knockoff kind of like, a thing okay, where it had you. a name where I would not find that in any other arcade, but it was basically the same alien game. blaster. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> or it's like star <laughs> star shooter or something like that. <laughs> and you're like, oh wow. And the way that I. Anytime I had an orthodontist appointment was buzzing to go and play that game and try and get the high score. Oh, I was mm-hmm. I was very much into it. I was all about it. And I would just sit there and play it before my appointment. And then after my appointment, I'd be like, let me get one more round in. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't think I ever got the high score. <laughs> it was hard, though, dude. I mean, I, he probably <laughs> they probably had so many patients. And so many people probably played that game. I mean, obviously not as much as if it was just a regular arcade, but Mm -hmm. there were adults that also went to that orthodontist who were probably kind of eating it up. And I I mean, you know what you have to do. Go back. You have to go back as an adult and beat the high score now. I don't even make an appointment. I don't call. (laughs) Just walk walk in there. Through the lobby, (laughs) no check in, go straight there, crack my fingers. And then, you know what would be unfortunate, though, if I did not get the high score? It would. And it would be really awkward once the authorities got there as well. But, like... Maybe they'd understand. Maybe they'll get (laughs) Maybe they'll understand. (laughs) Maybe they'll... I don't know, dude. Look, going back to the movie, we see what happens when the popo gets called in this situation. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Let's talk about... Let's talk about the town aspect and how they play a role within right Willies. right 
Well, all right. So we got a couple main characters here. Yes. We got Mr. Ted, who owns the building. And then we got, what's his name? Jim or Jed? Jed. Something like Jed. So, Jed. Yeah, Jed, Jed and Tex. Tex owns the building. Tex, 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 not Ted. Sorry, Tex. Tex, Tex and Jed, they're the ones who are kind of like the masterminds behind getting people into Willie's with Tex being the owner. And then Sheriff Lund, who is in on the whole scheme. Um, but basically, the town has agreed with Willie and the animatronics. We'll feed you guys as long as you don't leave the building and murder the rest of the town. Mm -hmm. Which, look, for small town culty shit, I kind of get plot wise. I'm like, all right, the lesser of two evils. But my issue very much arises when the sheriff arrives on the scene. Same. Because... He is literally, the janitor is literally solving your yeah. problem, ma'am. He's eradicating mm. the issue. <laughs> what is your issue? Because, like, when <laughs> later on, when Tex and Jed show up and see the aftermath of everything, They're they have stoked. the reaction I expect, which is, oh, shit, this guy got rid of our problem. Yeah. I don't understand what is up with the sheriff. Like They are ecstatic. They're like, so happy. And it makes sense why they would be happy. Right. Because the thing about it, that's <laughs> that's that's hard for me to wrap my head around, I suppose, is that there is no benefit for our three co-conspirators besides nobody else in the town gets hurt. That's the only benefit they're receiving by what they're doing. So to no longer have that even have that be an issue, plus you don't have to kill other people, dude, it's a win-win. So yeah, yeah, Sheriff Lund's kind of issues with him are not clicking because he it's not like he is failing at taking these people out. He has been successful. He he has not missed. The man has not missed. And so <laughs> To see that and then be pissed off about it, I could understand being fearful of saying, oh, okay, well, if you don't kill Willie, then that's bad because now you've just upset him. But right. that's not the issue. That's not what it seems to be. It just seems to be that she's pissed off that he's kind of messing up the status quo. Right. And there's and there's part of me that kind of likes this idea of Sheriff Lund being this character who has been in this for so long that she's even that she's lost sight of what it was even all for mm -hmm. and like the purpose of it and that it's not just about killing people it's about protecting people and so if this is so like you know now she's kind of just stuck in this cycle of oh this is how it has to be like part of me feels like that's maybe what it's supposed to be is that she just doesn't even see that this is better than yeah. what they're doing and just let him be and if he dies he dies but at least you tried because mm -hmm. she also stops live from trying to burn the place down which also could Probably have been successful solution yeah. yeah it's like you could try it but it seems like she's more afraid to piss them off than to at least just try and do things differently so to that aspect i'm like okay that's fair but i just get a little bit i don't, the first time it happens it's not too bad because i'm like okay yeah there were still people there were still quite a few animatronics alive 
But the second time, considering Willie is the only one alive, I do wish that that second time she had just kind of been like, okay, okay, I'm going to let you try. And but if you fail, like that's you, that's on you. And then maybe she still got killed, Mm -hmm. like trying to leave or something. I don't mind that she died. That was great. But like, yeah, but I, I do wish that she had had a flip and or or just kind of understood because it yeah it just doesn't make sense to me that dude your problem is almost completely solved there is one animatronic standing in the way of this town being able to move on forever and you no longer having to be like this crazy basically (laughs) like can also accomplice to yeah. a serial killer cold, cold like conspirator like you you're in yeah there. you're, you're you, part of this you could be done like you could be done and the fact that that never clicks for her is very strange to me get that stuff off of her willie i'm so sorry about this prick eloise please stop he's a good guy shut your yap and get outside they killed some of them. Stupid idiots. I'll just incite them more. Willie, this guy does not act for us. His actions should in no way reflect on the town of Hayesville. You know that, right, Willie? Well, cuff him. For God's sakes, cuff him. No way, I'm not leaving him here. I'll give you two reasons why you are. Your wife and your kid. If we don't do what needs to be done, nobody in this county is safe. Why couldn't you just die? Where are the others? They're dead. Stupid kids. Do you see? Okay, time to go. It's so, it's so strange. And echoing the fact that like, this is one of those movies where no, not everything needs to make sense. But yeah. like stuff like that really stands out because it's just so strange. Like yeah. just on a human level, I feel like that's strange. Um, and especially so when you do see the contrasting reactions of her two mm-hmm. co-conspirators who have, again, the feeling that you assume people would have. It's like when by the time she arrives, even the first time through, I do think enough animatronics have been taken out that she could at least start considering the idea of like working with this guy or whatnot. And then I definitely agree that when it's just Willie, it's like, yo, come out. Like how much more does he have to prove to you that he's capable Mm -hmm. of doing this that you need to see lady. So I give her shit, but I also give was it officer Evan. I give him shit too, because like as somebody who was brought into the situation, I feel like his reaction was equally strange once they got there. He was very skeptical of the situation. Um, And then he gets the lowdown. He gets told what everything is like, what's going down. Mm -hmm. But then he, too, arrives at a point in time where this stranger from out of town has seemingly rid them of half of their problem. As an outsider looking in, I don't understand why you'd follow the sheriff's directions here. You should be on the janitor side of like, well, from what you've told me. This guy seems to be the answer. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we taking him in? Right. And it's like, it, 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 for a moment, it is that. it's He has this hesitation of, 
why am I handcuffing this guy? Why am I, why are we doing this? Why am I unwrapping this chameleon? Why am I taking all this stuff off of her when she is basically on death's door? Like he has these moments and then, yeah, he kind of gets pushed also into it, which I guess you could say, oh, well, it's like chain of command, maybe. Well, yeah, and it's maybe and I guess Liv also kind of reiterates it's the same kind of cult mentality of you. You believe that this is the way that things are supposed to be even if it's wrong. And so you Fair. keep going and keep going. And it seems like Evan is kind of like leaning into that. So I guess that that was maybe Evan's kind of thing. Cause he does have a change of heart, of course, right before he gets killed. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. And well, and also too, of course the sheriff t- tugs on his heartstrings by saying, do it for your wife and your baby. Like it's the only thing that will keep them safe. So she kind of plays with his emotions a little bit, but yeah, he he's an outsider who's pulled into the situation and kind of blindly follows, which to me almost feels less egregious. Not that he's doing a good thing by any means at all, but the fact that he doesn't really know the full scope of everything and is just kind of being right. told this is how it has to be. This is the only thing that ke- will keep your family safe and all that stuff. He's kind of like between a rock and a hard place. But with the sheriff, it's like, 20 years, girl. <laughs> 20 years you've been having to do this bullshit and you're finally seeing a way out and you're spitting in its face. And I I don't understand. I will say one of the funniest parts of this movie to me is when the janitor walks back out to throw the body away <laughs> and, and sees her in the car and waves at her. That is one of the funniest parts of this movie to me. It's one of my favorite parts. <laughs> so I will say like, there's some great stuff that comes from that, but I just think mo- as far as a plot device goes and moving the plot forward, this to me was the weakest in the mm-hmm. sense of, I, I didn't feel like it l- it got us to the conclusion, but I don't think it made the most sense to get us to the conclusion. Yeah. I do think it would have been fun. Obviously, I think what they were wanting to do was to keep Sheriff Lund as the villain or more of the villain than yeah. anything else. But I do think there would have been something fun about her also being like, oh, shit. Okay, this guy might be the real deal. And then he's he's that guy. Yeah. And then almost kind of creating like a battle royale for them. And she could have still been the villain, maybe in the demeanor and the way that she went about it. Maybe if she like forced him, like she was like, okay, now you're going to fight Willie and blah, blah, blah. And what, like, if that's what they wanted to do. But I think that her just still being so steadfast in the plan that was, that has, so oh my god gone wrong like the plan mm-hmm. is over it's been over yeah. this shit is done like the fact that she was still so committed to that was what was throwing me off because it's like girl willie doesn't want to do this anymore it's over even yeah. if you even if you fed willie my man's has destroyed the whole band like, <laughs> like <laughs> willie's going on a rampage after this flying solo now so even if things worked and you killed him and he did get eaten by Willie. That stills all it's still messed up. So mm-hmm. we got to reassess. Yeah. So like her character clearly irked, but <laughs> kind of is what it is. She dies at the end. Uh, her death is cool. She gets oh, sliced yeah. in half by Willie. So by like a slap <laughs> by like, gets slapped in half by Willie. 
I know it's supposed to imply that it's the claws, but it definitely looks like he just bitch slaps yeah. her torso off of her yeah, body. Yeah, he slapped, <laughs> slapped her so hard, her torso flew off. Um, but speaking up to the last confrontation, I don't know how you felt, but I really enjoyed. I thought that mm-hmm. it was a fun final battle. Even though you already knew the conclusion, they still, I think, choreographed it and shot it in a way that there was still a journey to the fight it wasn't just nicholas sorry the janitor once again just destroying something like at least uh willie was able to put up a fight um i will say one of my last cons for this movie is it's shot in a very particular style that i'm not too fond of i Mm. get like i get used to it after a while but it's like a lot of bright lights a lot of lens flare yeah a lot of like weird color corrections in certain places like it's it's visually um inconsistent Mm -hmm. for me um there are some cool shots though like throughout and i think a a lot of that has to do with just how well made the environment is so it's Mm -hmm. just like it looks cool on camera um but even like that last sequence it's like a lot of it feels very like warped and distorted and there's a lot happening and there's a lot of shaky cam. So it's kind of hard to see stuff. Um, but you, I still think you see enough that you can enjoy it. Um, and this is a little bit of my own headcanon that I added this watch. But with some of the visuals and how distorted it gets towards the end, part of that for me is like going along the ride with the janitor who has up until this point, since we met this character only consumed the energy drink punch for mm-hmm. an entire day. So this man is going on nothing but jet fuel juice at yeah. that point. So like if the camera is supposed to mirror where his brain is at in that moment, I assume it looks something like that. Right. Cause I know that caffeine is kicking his ass. His <laughs> heart must be beating at least 250 beats per minute because he, yes. <laughs> like I said, he takes a break very consistently and every time he takes a break he downs an entire can and Mm -hmm. so yeah at this point he is absolutely buzzing floating in the air and so yeah if that's the case which i could see honestly if he's just in a crazy state that maybe (laughs) that is reflected in the camera or the shooting style because you're right it does have a very specific style it um kind of feels almost like an an 80s action movie parody at some points there's a lot of like zoom ins which mm-hmm. i really love kind of like a western vibe sometimes yeah. too yeah it definitely does and so i i do enjoy the shooting style for the most part but i do agree yeah there's a lot of lens flares it's a very particular style that they were going for which is either going to work for you or not i think one moment that i do really love shooting wise was when he is fighting Gus, the gorilla, and it does the cam where it's strapped to your body and it does mm-hmm. it to Nick Cage and then it does it to Gus where he's like, <laughs> you just see this gorilla getting thrown around and I thought that that was really funny. Um, that, Which is, that's huge because typically if you're a long-time listener, you yes. know, Erica doesn't like that shot I much. normally do not like that shot. Normally it does not work very well for me. I think the last time that it worked for me was Fried Berry. <laughs> um, but, but in the sense, like this movie has a very similar tone so I think that that's why it works. It's it's a harder sell for me in a more straightforward film or serious tone because mm-hmm. I'm like, the way I can't take this seriously. But it works really well in this, especially for the fight. Most of the fight 
sequences I think are fil filmed very well. The only one I'm not in love with is the one where he fights Cammy and Sarah. It's not my favorite <laughs> sequence, um, just because that one to me feels it's I think it's just the editing of that one where it cuts a little bit too much for me. There's also mm -hmm. that part where he, before they start fighting, where Nicolas Cage just goes, and his like head starts vibrating. <laughs> and he's like, ah, go stupid. Ah, <laughs> it feels like that part to me is so strange. Um, but that's the only part where I was not wild about the shooting style. But other than that, for me, I think it fits the film tonally. Uh, stylistically, I actually really appreciate that they were so sure in the style that they wanted and really committed to that um, because I do think that it helps to bring this very specific quality to the film. And I honestly think that a lot of it does actually help to make some of those comedic moments hit um, mm -hmm. better than if they had not had not committed to that. So I do really, really appreciate that aspect of it. And yeah, I like the I like the ending, um, the fight. The fight between Willie and and the janitor, I think, actually works really well. It's hard because I feel like you have this build up to it because Willie and the janitor are just eyeing each other the whole mm -hmm. movie. It feels like this. Look at UFC big fight about deal. to happen. <laughs> yeah, it feels like there's this huge build up, and so there is a lot of pressure. I feel like kind of weighing down on this ending fight because we have seen like i said up to this point we have seen some other awesome fights mm -hmm. and so how do you make this one better and a bigger deal part of that is making the janitor get hurt and mm -hmm. seemingly hurt substantially and so you feel like okay willie's more powerful than the others um which he is definitely he definitely yeah. is stronger than everybody else um but i will say even when the janitor comes back and they go fist to fist claw to claw whatever i like it i, yeah. I think it works well and i actually was really really pleased by the time that it was over because it didn't feel too easy mm -hmm. I, I i didn't feel it didn't feel too easy but it also didn't feel so over the top where it felt like an unbeatable battle where yeah. I wouldn't like at this point in time, I already know the the skills that the janitor has. So it was not hard for me to believe that he could take on Willie. Yeah, exactly. It's funny how they honestly skate that line of like they make this untouchable protagonist who can't be beat. But it still feels like by the end of most of his fights that they are earned like he earns those kills every single time. Yeah. And like, so it's it, great on them for choreographing that in such a way where it's like, it tells that story, especially with a character again, that is not saying anything because the janitor has no lines the entire yeah. film. He does not say a single word. Right. Well, um, also the janitor rips through handcuffs. Rips through, right? Were they, was it handcuffs or was it um, zip ties? Do you, do you remember? Oh, I don't know. Actually, I just remember she said, "What do you do? What are you waiting for? Cuff like, him!" Cuff but him, I don't yeah. remember if he actually put cuffs on him. I'd have or... to double. I'd have to double check that because it was something I thought about too. Mm -hmm. But then, like in that moment, I swear it was zip ties, which it would I make more believe. sense if it was. <laughs> mm -hmm. Because yes, he just pulls his hands apart and they are free. Now, granted, 
if it's not zip ties and it's handcuffs, I think that shit's badass though. Like yeah. as a character choice, that would be nuts if he just rips yeah. some handcuffs in half. But no, yeah, and that's another thing where it's it's if if he did just rip completely rip those handcuffs off of his wrists like that i <laughs> especially do not doubt that he could fuck willie up so <laughs> that's another it's just another part of the janitor lore but he does that and then finishes cleaning up and then in the morning um yeah tex and jed come back and yeah like i said this to me feels right that they would be excited they're excited to move forward they're excited to move past this they're making mm -hmm. plans they're trying to figure it out but at the end of the day they are still bad guys for what they did and so it also feels really great when they get taken out <laughs> by mm -hmm. siren sarah yeah who's like i gotta go out with one last bang um and i will say for a movie that a lot of people consider like a b horror film and a, a script that does have some holes in it it does cover its tracks pretty well in a lot of places, too. Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that Jed still fixed up the car, potentially for Tex later yeah. on, makes so much sense. So it, like, it just, it ties back around to the janitor getting his car back because in a different situation, there would be no car. Like, it wouldn't repair the car. But right. in this scenario, it's like, no, it actually makes a lot of sense that the car would be there waiting for him in the morning. Um, and even though he now knows what was going down in this place, obviously, like, what are they going to say? Be like, oh, well, we didn't expect you to live, so mm -hmm. we can't give you your car back. It's like, no, they have to give him his shit right. back. So he upheld his part of the deal. They <laughs> did, did make every they made single a deal. Part, he did every part of his bargain plus some plus some overtime mm -hmm. getting rid of your animatronics for you. So, yeah, he did what he was supposed to do. And, yeah, I agree that it makes a lot of sense of because at first I did think, oh, why is the car there? But, yeah, it's it's text just takes people's cars. And so they do fix them up. And and I, I feel like that's cool because it is kind of shown because text was previously driving. I think think one of the cars that we saw in the past when they did like the flashback mm. and so it would make sense that he just gets these cool cars i like that they switch the story depending on who gets trapped in the town too so it's yeah. not always the same situation that's also pretty cool yeah because if you think about it, it it makes a lot of sense because they start off with a totally different story i think liv's family is probably one of the first families that they did that to Mm -hmm. But and so, yeah, when they start with them, they say, oh, there's no hotel, but there is a nice place that you could rest your head for the night, which, bro, no, never in you. all my days. Absolutely not. Would I ever think, yeah, I'll sleep in here. Oh, you'd be crazy. <laughs> but it makes sense because as the years go on and the place starts to fall into disrepair and get messier and messier, you can't rely on the same lie you can't say, oh, yeah, you can stay here or this is a great place to have a party or what have you. It makes sense that they kind of have to switch the lie to, oh, yeah, if you fix the place up, this will be great. Because, yeah, there's that one couple where they hire them to actually work there, like mm -hmm. to be staff there. And I'm sure at one point they probably made it seem like, oh, yeah, we're reopening this place. And 
I like that too. Cause yeah, it makes sense that over the years they've had to change things to make it make sense so that people didn't think anything weird or mm-hmm. think anything of it. And so, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And, and also too, they say, Oh yeah, we tried to kill people that we knew wouldn't be missed. How do you gauge How that? Do you know? Yeah. How would you know that? How do you I call BS? You don't know any of these people. <laughs> So you're just basing it completely off of fully basing it off of looks. Oh, you don't look like someone that would be missed. How rude. <laughs> How absolutely rude. Now, granted, yeah, this is like a petty addition. To yeah, that. <laughs> so you didn't even need to say that because she and she does say like, oh, and some unlucky people just, you know, were just got kind of caught up wrong place, wrong time. So mm-hmm. just throw that in there. But I was like, geez, you don't have to roast these people in the afterlife. Like, <laughs> haven't they dealt with enough? Right. But, and I also will say, I didn't say this earlier, but I do like the backstory, that idea that the entire reason this place was created was as a front for serial killers to mm-hmm. get families alone. Okay, that's scary. Terrifying. That's scary. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or the idea that all the people who are working at this children's place are serial Mm -hmm. killers. Oh, what a terrifying thought. (laughs) That's a scary thought that honestly makes sense. Because, like, yeah, I guess that for them, that is kind of a great front. It's a great way to kind of hide in plain sight and not have anybody be the wiser. Yeah, I mean, I agree for, like, the first and maybe second kill, though. And then I'm just like, how... Did you keep getting away with it? <laughs> Did you keep getting away with it? Yeah. Because, right. like, based on, based on the backstory, it's kind of implied that they got away with this for a hot second before the police actually showed up. A long time. They also... She also makes a comment that it started to smell, which implies that they were hiding the bodies inside of the place. Inside? But, yeah. no, agreed, because it, imagine... Imagine someone in your family saying, "Oh yeah, me and the family we're gonna go to uh, we're gonna go to Chuck E. Cheese tonight. Mm-hmm. Go to Chuck E. Cheese, never come back. Never come back. Nobody's checking into that. Nobody's saying <laughs> where, where were they last seen. Oh, Chuck E. Cheese. Okay, cool. Like nobody is looking into that. It's, it's what got, have, it's... what are you doing with the cars? What are you doing with the cars though? <laughs> Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, perhaps, I don't, I don't know. I, I actually am not going to make any excuses for it. I think it's just one of those plot lines that you're not supposed to think too much about. Yeah, just yeah. Let it be what it's going to be. Which is um, the tagline of this whole film. You're really not supposed to think too much about it. And when it's you true. don't, it's, it's at its best. That's the most enjoyable that's, this movie that's, would be. That's so real, though. And, like, I, I think to kind of tail end this, I, I, I will jump off from there is, this is one of those movies where if you set your expectations really high, you're definitely going to get disappointed. Mm-hmm. But if you go along with the ride of this one, it's a far more enjoyable experience. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, agreed. I think that this is the type of movie where, yeah, you just kind of let it coast you along like a lazy river. You just mm-hmm. sit in the tube, wherever it takes you, it takes you, and you just have a good time. Don't overthink it. Don't get too invested in in all of the extra bits and bobs i think if you just kind of understand that this plot is leaning into the absurd and that these characters are meant to be caricatures and the most extreme versions at some times of themselves i think that this movie becomes a lot of fun and i also think that for a movie that had a lower budget 
it it's pretty freaking cool. Like I mm-hmm. I would say that there's so much about this film where I thought, man, that's really, really neat. For a movie that does not have the same budget as a lot of these movies that to me sometimes don't pull off as great practical effects. I think this movie kind of kind of kicks ass in a lot of ways. And there are some really I, I did want to mention this too before because I just it's a shot that I thought was so cool. The very first shot of all of the animatronics looking up at Nicolas Cage. Like so that stuff like that in this movie, I'm just like, damn, that's good. Mm-hmm. That is good stuff. And I have to applaud them for that because there is so much for a movie that is about killer animatronics. That to me was the best part of the movie. Yeah. And that to me was where this movie was the most successful. And so they nailed it. They did what they needed to do because they really, really came through, I think, on what was promised. Like I said, this is a f- first time screenwriting like credit for this person who had only previously really like written and acted in plays and Mm -hmm. i think you'll find some people who have written many things and there are still plot holes in them but for a movie like this the plot holes they're just holes and you know what yeah you can step over them (laughs) you really can (laughs) just jump right over that hole and keep it moving and you'll be fine But that kind of covers the gambit for things that I wanted to talk about about this movie. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else that you're burning to chat about before we rate it? Oh, yeah. Actually, I just wanted to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. What, like, arcade game for you is, like, this pinball machine for Nicolas Cage? Like, what arcade game do you see and you're like, oh, shit, I got to get my hands on that? Okay. I actually got two for you. Okay. Um the f- God, I'm revealing so much nerd in this one. But the the main answer to that question is any variation of Dance Dance Revolution. I am a mm. DDR fiend. Mm-hmm. If it is at an arcade, Dave and Buster's movie theater, where have you? And I am in a place where I can get a little bit sweaty that day. I am mm-hmm. getting on that machine because I absolutely love dance machines. They're a lot of mm-hmm. fun for me. And uh, now that I can do them well, I uh, do not miss an opportunity to show off on them. Mm-hmm. Um, however, when I was younger and going to places like Chuck E. Cheese, the game that I played religiously, and they don't really have it anymore, which hurts me, but a little game called Hydro Thunder, where you were on a jet ski and oh, you were just going yeah. crazy down the most wild looking tracks. Yeah. That was my jam back when i was younger Mm, i know exactly which one you're talking about it's like it it used to be one of those arcade games that was in a lot of places and then Mm -hmm. like once arcade started to phase out you really didn't see it anymore but god did i love that game (laughs) that is a good one what about you did you do you have one oh it's skee ball okay okay look i will lose my mind as soon as i see a skee ball machine (laughs) i am i'm I'm losing quarters all night. Okay. I will do skee ball all night long. Okay. And then my backup would probably be uh my backup is probably like the basketball. Okay. Hoops. The hoops. little hoops. Yeah. Right. So you you're know, a carnival game girl, is what you're saying. I am a carnival game girl. And at an arcade, I'm pretty much down. I, I'll do some, like, I always really like doing pinball 
And mm-hmm. I always like doing like Tekken and Street Fighter and things like that because I always love doing it with like the old school joystick and controls and stuff. I get you. Um, but if yeah, I I'm going usually straight for a more of the carnival games because I also love the ones where you like throw and knock down the clowns and mm-hmm. like all that shit where you're or the one where it's like the water gun inside of the duck oh, or whatever. Oh yeah, and you gotta fill up the and you have to fill it. They're yeah, fun. like I I just I love that shit so. That's usually where I go, but um, ski ball is always going to be my ride or die. The basketball one just makes me feel like I'm living my like Mike dreams in that. Because nowhere <laughs> else am I ever skilled at basketball, but I sometimes I'd be swishing on that game. You bring in the heat? Okay. All right. Sometimes I do. Keep that basketball in mind next time we're out of the basketball. <laughs> you know, I love the way they dribble up and down the court. <laughs> it is what it is but yeah keep that in mind if you guys ever catch us in a carnival a carnival an arcade <laughs> you'll know where you we'll already be. know where we'll be at come find us <laughs> well not you because like you said there's not that that one anymore yeah but, the but other you'll one. see me you'll see me dancing don't worry we'll see, i'll be that guy dancing. i'll be that guy maybe wait till he's done but yeah don't interrupt me i'm trying to get perfect <laughs> But all right, what are we gonna we're gonna rate Willy's Wonderland out of? We can name. I mean, I am slightly inclined to just name name it, rate it out of Nicolas Cage's. But we also might have other films with Nicolas Cage in them. Um, so janitors could we could rate it out of janitors. We could rate it out of punch cans. I mean, it's on the nose, but yo, come on now probably i what i punch cans i was also going to say little chickens because i'm still thinking about that song but the little chicken punch, punch cans <laughs> also works very well <laughs> hey, it is a bop it is a bop uh i mean i picked i picked the film so if you want to pick between those two let's do oh gosh no don't put it you choose because all right all right cool we're doing punch cans yeah there you go <laughs> i just feel like we're it's so specific to this one yes well since this was my pick i'll go ahead and start us off but I'm honestly, I'm going to give Willy's Wonderland a 4.6 out of 5 uh, punch cans. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I really, really like this movie. And even on a second time through, I liked it equally as much. Mm-hmm. Um, even in some places, enjoyed it a bit more. I just think that this film, despite its flaws, because it's not perfect, um, it's just such a fun ride of a film. Um, it's really funny in a lot of places. Um, Nicolas Cage is fantastic in his role. Um, but I think the other characters working around him are also doing a pretty good job with what they're given. Um, the actual set itself is awesome. I love Willy's Wonderland as a backdrop for this story. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that this film, although leans into horror, can't really be tagged by one genre. I love that it blends a lot of different ones. And I think it does it effectively. And just tells a very unique story with a now a little bit less than unique idea. But um, for me, it is an enjoyable experience. And one that I think because of the pandemic and the nature of when it came out, potentially got missed by a lot of people. And I yeah. think that's a shame. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big fan of this one. I definitely think people should check it out. And I'm going to give it 4.6 out of 5 uh, punch cans. Yeah. Also, it's on Hulu if you have the premium subscription. True. It's on True. Hulu. That's why I watched it. Um, okay. I think I'm gonna give this I'm Biba I'm like flip flopping between a three point nine and a four punch okay. cans. Um, because I yeah, I had a lot of fun with this movie. Like I said, it's very fun, entertaining. I love the n- plot 
I love that. I love dealing with the animatronics. That's one of my favorite things. I love their design for the most part. And I love the way that they act. I love that they have personalities and that they can talk. Each one is so different from the other. Um, I love their relationship with Nicolas Cage. I mean, everything with the janitor, I think, is just so much fun. It's mm -hmm. so successful. It's funny. It was just it's so interesting to watch him just try and do this job through all of this crazy shit that's happening. I just think that that was such a, a fun take on a story like this and to have a character who can handle themselves and who is a, fully equipped to handle this situation, I think was a really fun idea. Having that character mesh with people who aren't, which I was also, I think, a really great idea. However, did not necessarily work for me as much as I wanted it to. But mm -hmm. I think that's only because, like I said, the pacing of everything just felt really off. And I think we get rid of our teenage characters so quickly. We don't really get to bask in the fun that we could have had with them now also being kind of forced into this situation. And then because mm -hmm. we get rid of them so quickly, we have to introduce this plot with Sheriff Lund quickly, who also kind of strikes me as going in a different direction than I was expecting, which is good, but also not my favorite thing. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, there's just some like minor little trip ups that only bug me because I think it just keeps it from being as fun as it could have been. Like it already is super fun and entertaining, but I just see so many possibilities that they could have done. And it's just, mm -hmm. so that's the only reason that it bugs me. Um, but other than that, this is a real nice, quick, like hour 25. It feels nice and quick and it's a fun ride to go on. So I think, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> 3.95 punch cans how about that we'll go right okay. in the middle <laughs> all right fair enough fair enough and then uh last question uh did this did watching this film make you more excited or less excited um for the idea of five nights at freddy's i think it actually made me more excited okay surprisingly um okay. yeah i don't know something about it i think just because it just got me really hyped to see more animatronic goodness and mm -hmm. i'm also excited to see this in a different way because yeah. we're going to have very different characters dealing with this situation in the five nights at freddy's film at least according to what the trailer is portraying and i'm excited to see that go down a different route and follow mm -hmm. a different sort of protagonist so yeah i don't know got me excited <laughs> okay same here same here i was kind of curious <laughs> But that is it for our discussion on Willy's Wonderland. Like we said, this is streaming on Hulu if you have a premium subscription. So go give it a rewatch if you've already watched it. Go watch it if you haven't um, and let us know what you guys think of the movie. You can always talk to us on our social media. We are homies of horror on everything. Or if you prefer, you can always email us. We are homies of horror at gmail.com. 
And if you want to talk a little bit more in depth about this film, other films and other things besides horror, but also in addition to horror, you can always come and join us over in our discord. The link for that is in our social media bios. And if you're listening to this on Monday, that means that we are streaming on Twitch tonight. Twitch is where we play spooky games and hang out with the homies, chit chat, have some drinks, have some laughs and definitely have some screams. So if you would like to come through and say hello, then we would love to see you there. The link for that is also in our social media bios. And last but never least, if you are so inclined, we would love for you guys to leave us a rating or a review. You can do both on Apple Podcasts. More we get, the better. Recommends our show to more listeners. And we just like to hear what you guys are thinking of the show. So if you have an Apple account and haven't done that, we'd love for you to. Over on Spotify, it's super easy to leave us a rating by simply clicking the stars underneath our name. But that is it for us this week, homies. We hope that you enjoyed all of our Willy's Wonderland discussion. And we will be seeing you guys next week for our homies pick. Catch you next time, homies. Bye.